Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today, I have Rachel Mills in the studio with me. Rachel serves with Operation Christmas Child, and she has been with Samaritan's Purse for over 14 years. So we're gonna talk a little bit about her position and what she does with the ministry. But more importantly, we're gonna talk about being a parent during this pandemic and the difficulties and uncertainty that it brings in our children. And so um, more than ever, you know, our team has realized the weight and the gravity of parenting during a pandemic. So this is for you, parents, just an encouragement um, and reminder that you are not alone. You know, that verse, train up a child in the way they should go. It has never carried more weight than it has for me now. Training is not a passive word. It is intentional, and it is the Hebrew word for dedicate. It takes intentionality and focused action. But it also starts with stillness with God. And I know for me, when I try to handle things myself, I crumble at the weight and the gravity of it all. I have to be reminded that I have a need for God. I need a, my dependence needs to be on Jesus. It's not a choice. It's not an option. It's a daily need. Um, and amidst all these uncertainties and circumstances that are out of my control, I need to be reminded that God is sovereign and He is in control. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. But I've also learned that I need to have grace, grace for myself, grace for my kids. And thankfully, God's mercies are new every morning. The Lord is my portion and I will put my hope in Him. Lamentations 3, 22. And so I hope and pray that you are encouraged by our conversation today, um, that you'll be reminded um, that God is with you and God can use this really difficult and uncertain time um, to refine you and to refine your kids and to use it for His glory. So here's my conversation with Rachel Mills. Um, again, Rachel Mills, and I'm the Director for Brand Development for Operation Christmas Child. So what is brand development? That's just all the marketing things, social media, media relations. We work with communications and broadcasts to produce promotional resources. So anything with a logo on it, a web page, a video, we work with those teams. And, you know, my job is really to equip the hands and feet, the volunteers in the field um, to promote Operation Christmas Child and get people to pack boxes. And then also we want to come alongside of them and promote through social media and media and then reach people that they may not be reaching um, in their areas. So I just, I love it. I've been here almost 15 years and since, um, I began, I got married, and then I've had children. And so, of course, my time here has been evolving um, as I try to uh, just, uh, this is a very strong calling on my life. And then, but then, of course, putting my husband and my children first and balancing it with God at the top. So, um, but I love it. I'm very passionate about Operation Christmas Child and the work. And of course, discipleship is my favorite thing. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And here we are in August, so you're just about to launch into OCC season. And so I know your work is pretty consistent year-round, um, but what does the fall look like for you work-wise and workload? So, yes. Yeah, so Operation Christmas Child is a 12-month 
busy project, but certainly we launch our season in August. And so it's it's really unique right now because the month of August, we send out our first email and mailings that mm-hmm. says to order your free materials. Well, people aren't gathering. Mm-hmm. So we have to think about how do we be sensitive to the fact that we're telling a church to order their free materials, but they may not be meeting in person. So everything that we're doing in this season to encourage participation, we are number one, acknowledging the season that people are in. And then number two, yes, pack a shoebox. We are not stopping, we are moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then number three, build a shoebox online is a really great option. So we are looking to make sure that those three messages are on the forefront of everything that we do. So yes, it's a busy season and then we have to add this lens on everything, mm-hmm. but it's really fun. I just love, I really love the unknown. Uh, we mm-hmm. start at zero every year anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just feel like we're in a greater place of trust. We just, we were never in control anyway. And we, of course, I love numbers and data and analytics to inform decisions, but I just really love how the ground is getting broken up here mm-hmm. to do new things. There's been things technology-wise I've been wanting to do for years that the Lord's been on my heart. And now people are seeing, oh yeah, this would be great in this season. So I'm really excited. I don't, we have a goal of 11 million. I don't know, I just, I know he's doing immeasurably more and it may not be in shoebox numbers, it may be in a different way. My prayer is just for greater unity mm. here. And, um, but he's working and he's not, he's not sweating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Normally in election years, our biggest, one of our biggest things that we have to think through is how is this gonna impact? It's always right before collection week. And that's really kind of the least mm. of our worries right now. Right now it's, um, just encouraging people that you can do this, even though church mm-hmm. and gathering may look different. Mm-hmm. And to have the, help them rise above the COVID cloud and remember mm-hmm. why you pack boxes. Mm-hmm. I love so many things that you just said. So let's, let's go ahead and dig into that because I love how you said um, we're never in control anyway. And I love that because I think we come into this false sense of control and sense of security and um, comfort zones. Um, just as a nation, but even as Christians, we can get in a bubble. And I think you're right, we are not in control. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I love how you said, the ground is getting broken up. Um, And I feel that way too. It's, it's, there's definitely, it's tense. And as a mom, I think it's been hard, but I've kind of liked it because the ground is getting broken up. Everything's off the table, our norms, our routines, and we can really come back to what's important. So can you talk to me about that and and just parenting through this pandemic Mm -hmm. and working full-time? Sure. So uh, back in March, when all this happened, it was all very sudden. And so I just... I went into it thinking, okay, my husband travels. And at the time he was traveling five days a week, which this has been the busiest year um, in his career. So he buys white oak logs and he does spends a lot of time in West Virginia. And so it's like, okay, uh, he's he doesn't get paid if he doesn't work. And so uh, that first week I was up at 5 a.m. working till nine, then trying to do the school till noon and then taking Zoom meetings all afternoon and just absolutely exhausted. I wasn't getting my quiet time. Um, it just it just wasn't good. And then Franklin blessed us with some extra emergency, public emergency time. And I just, just allowed grace to come in and, you know, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this time. I'm gonna do my school in the morning and work in the afternoon. And if I need to pick up a Saturday, I will. 
And it's just making that mental shift, just allowing that grace in was just huge. And so the ground getting broken up, I started just changing the way I viewed him. Like, okay, we still have our jobs. We got our performance increase this year. He's still paying, Franklin's still paying into our 401k. We got an extra, we got an extra vacation time. So I just really started filling my mind with just all the good things that was happening already and and just choosing to look at the good. Oh, I really wanted to dig in. I've always wondered what it would like to be home with my kids and and do school and dig in with them. And that was amazing. And then my husband was gone. I was like, well, I have to keep my house clean. We'll do that right before he gets home, you know? And so it was just really just receiving that grace and making a choice to make the shift. And once I did, then I added the quiet time back in. We did the school and it's, I just felt like I was getting more productive in work. So, you know, it it was for my home and in my life, and I know this has affected people differently. Thankfully, we didn't lose a job Mm -hmm. and we didn't have to deal with that. And thankfully we didn't have the virus, but um, I've started just seeing what is the good in this? And there was so much. And then now I just, as I'm heading into August, I just keep feeding on that and adding to it. To stay in that place, that perspective, that good perspective. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a choice. You know, what we fix our, you know, it's like fix your eyes on what is eternal. Um, we have to choose it. Mm-hmm. You know, if we look around at our circumstances or what we don't have or what we're lacking, we can dwell on that. Or we can dwell on, like you said, what we what we do have. And so I'm, I'm thankful that you're speaking as an Samaritan's Purse employee. Um, you know, because people who listen, it's a variety. It's it's for families, but it's also for employees. And so I think Samaritan's Purse through COVID has actually had to probably work more. You know, more hours have been required. Some people have had to switch roles. They've had to put on different hats. They've had to share resources, share personnel. I mean, it's been a balancing act. And I think it's demanded and required a lot out of people. But you're right, it's the trade-off. It's, mm-hmm. it's seeing the positive. Yeah, and I just, I, I kind of got a warm up, right? Mm-hmm. I got to just see what this could look like. So now headed in the fall, I now have some experience. Mm-hmm. What would I do different? Mm-hmm. Um, and so how am I gonna adjust? How am I gonna take what I learned from in the spring, now head into a much busier season? Mm-hmm. And how am I gonna adjust and apply this? Mm-hmm. And I will say, uh, it's just this choice, this choice of just speaking life, not complaining in front of my children, now my husband, his timber prices got cut. That's not a bad thing for his job, but he, um, what it means is he will now be home two or three days a week. And so that was just the Lord and he's, he's good. He's happy about it. I'm happy about it. And so I just see that the Lord just choosing and not worrying, he is making a way. And I wanna see those things and acknowledge them and praise him for them. Um. I love how you said that, what we say in front of our kids, you know, that kind of sets their viewpoint of it. So can you talk to me about, and and I love how you also said that was a practice and a warm up because I think I sense it's a mixture of people I'm around. Some are just tired. Mm -hmm. You know, they're worn out. They've hit a wall. We all thought this would be done by July and it's not. Mm -hmm. So some people have hit a wall and they're done. But some people, and I love what you're saying, you've learned from it. You've learned what worked, what didn't, and that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm weeding through, okay, that did not work. Start over. Um, and kind of almost gave us like a wind in our sails to say, okay, this is still here. It's not going away. We've got we've to face this semester and this season through this. So can you talk to me about when school, 
was pushed off for nine weeks and how you talked to your kids about that and how they took that news. Yes. I want to, before I hop into that, you know, people are tired. And if we do one thing, one thing, we have got to get up and spend time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It, that's life. And we have to, that's, that's what's going to fuel us. And we got to stop at noon. And then on my drive home, okay, Holy Spirit, we can do this. But that is just so important. If we do one thing, then things will fall in place. And so, you know, I think I've been able to kind of stay above the COVID cloud. And it's not always easy and I miss it. You know, there's times that I just don't do it, right? But so that has helped. And so with when I learned that the nine weeks, the, the day that I learned that we were going from two days in class to now being home, mm-hmm. um, I was I was a little anxious leading up to trying to figure out how the two days was going to work and the rest of the days. And that morning, um, we have devotions at 8 a.m. And I was taking my daughter Amelia to tutoring because she's been struggling in math. And that's been a concern. And so I hired a tutor this summer to meet with her two mornings a week. I would take her, my husband or babysitter would come get her. And then I was driving back from Deep Gap and I said, I had, I was just praying and the Lord put on my heart to stop and see my friend, Lauren, who has five kids. And she, they range from ages seven to 17. Um, and she does uh, stay from stay at home, but she, they have a big business and she supports her husband in that. And so I go, I've had it on my heart to pray with her. So I stopped at her house. She was available. She was in her PJs, having her coffee. And we just started talking. She was very stressed out. She was just like talking to me about the high school schedule and grades matter all the way down to the seven-year-old and the kids that are struggling, the kids that are fine. And so we started praying together. And as I was praying for her and trying to encourage her, the Lord just, it's like a flip switched in my mind. And it's like, if you're gonna, you need to practice what you preach. And I remember leaving there thinking, okay, I've got, I've got to be committed to fixing my thoughts on the right things and to speaking life and to not worrying. And one of the things I encouraged her with, she was already trying to figure everything out. She didn't know what cohort her kids were gonna be in. She didn't know what the schedule, we just didn't have enough information when that, there was no information Mm -hmm. when that decision was made and she was just worrying. And I just shared the verse, we all know this one, is to not borrow trouble, you know, for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus has always said that. You know, and so, but we do, we continually borrow trouble. And I was encouraging her, I'm like, you've got to only do what you can do today. Mm -hmm. You don't have enough information to even figure out these 50 things you've just shared with me. Take it one day at a time, do what you can do with what you know. And then when the time comes, do those things. And so again, a lot of times we can encourage people, but are we doing it ourselves? And so that has been an important word in this season. I think about God gives us, a day is 24 hours, and every 24 hours, the sun comes up. And he knew that we would need a restart every 24 hours. And a lot of times I'll beat myself up, and I'm just like, oh, you know, messed up. I failed again today, didn't do, didn't get my list done, wasn't, didn't speak life, whatever. And we do that, and we put ourselves, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, but we condemn ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the Lord's just like, hey, tomorrow's a new day. I'm giving you a new day. And that's why we see even all throughout the Old Testament, He gives us our daily bread, the daily bread. We should only, He told the Israelites, don't 
take more than for today because I'll provide tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And they let the worry and the anxiety come in and they would pick it up. And so it's just, we have to have that mentality of one day at a time because like we discussed earlier, we're not in control. We, we never were. Mm-hmm. And if you, think about, if you think about when you make a to-do list, when have you ever got through that whole to-do list that you wrote down on a piece of paper? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever have. It's always changed and shifted. I, but I keep making them because I hope I'll do it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, it's always been this way. It's always been we've not known tomorrow. The days get thrown off and shifted. And so I just just encourage people that are listening, like Jesus said that and spoke that to us for a reason. He means it, that we are not to borrow trouble. Doesn't mean that we still can't plan and try to think through, but if we don't have enough information, that's where we get stressed out. Mm-hmm. Is we try to figure out all the scenarios when we don't have enough to even work with. Mm-hmm. So um, when I found out those nine weeks, that we were gonna be home, That's that was just kind of my moment. And I'm just like, nope, just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait till they get the information. And now I have the information. Sadly, I'm a week away, but you know, um, we got it a week before, but it's it's coming together and trying to stay in that place of trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you're right, we can't give something we don't have. And in order to have that piece, we have to daily meet with the Lord. And that's something that I think has sustained me. Um, my kids sleep in, thankfully now, <laughs> they're older. So I've had a lot more time in this season. And so I've actually been grateful, you know, for not rushing off to school in the morning, having to get up early. I mean, my mornings are pretty long and I can spend time in the Word. And that's something I realized too. I can't give them uh, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, you know, if I'm not, myself, and it takes daily getting it from the Lord, you know, because on our own, you know, our flesh, and like you said, the Israelites, they are the perfect example of, we do this every day. Um, We don't accept His manna, His daily bread, His provision, um, and and receive it for ourselves. Or we do, or we store it up, and like you said, we try to hoard it and be like, okay, on Sunday, I'm going to do all this and have it for the week. And that doesn't happen. We can't live off our our time in the Word. We are so much like the Israelites. Yes, but we read it and think, how could they do uh, that? He parted the Red Sea and they Mm -hmm. walked through it. And we just, we've Mm -hmm. got to train ourselves and get in the habit of reflecting on His faithfulness and Mm -hmm. His goodness and the things He's carried us through because we are like them. And we Mm -hmm. will be wandering in the desert for 40 years Mm -hmm. if we don't get in the habit of, of, yeah, reflecting on His goodness and the faithfulness. And, and not everybody can get up early. I know that's mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. But just encourage people, when you lay down at bed at night, ask the Holy Spirit to wake you up. You have mm-hmm. this helper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, you will wake up and you'll be tempted to go back to sleep. And you're like, I can't go back to sleep. He will do it for you. He wants to do that for you. He's your helper. Because you can't do it in your own strength. <laughs> I know. When you said helper, I was thinking of the counselor, how he gives us a counselor in intercession. Where is that? Because in the Old Testament, you know, you hear time and time again of, like even today I was reading in Second Chronicles, you know, when Asa and Jehoshaphat, and they would turn to God and they'd say, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And, you know, I do really don't know what to do today. I need you. Um, they would call on him, you know, and he would answer. Um, but they could call on him with that, confidence because of what he'd done, Mm -hmm. you know, and so often they'll rattle off all the things that God had done and, but they'd forget in in moments and turn their own way. And then, you know, 
they'd have problems. And so you watch the Israelites go up and down, up and down. And like you said, we are so like them, but we tend to think, oh, how could they do that when they watched these miracles happen? You know, but we now have the Holy Spirit. Um, we have the intercessor. They didn't have the Holy Spirit back then. You know, they, he hadn't come yet. They didn't have the written word. They didn't have what we have now. So we actually, I think, have more, oh, yeah. you know, but we forget that. Well, and I think it was four or five years ago, um, I got a hold of a verse. Jesus said, uh, John 14, 12, he says, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And then he goes on to say, I will give you a helper to help you to be with you forever, mm -hmm. the spirit of truth. I got a hold of that verse and I was just like, I'm gonna do greater things than Jesus did. Hmm. He said that. And so I think, you know, we just forget that we have this power in us and it rose Jesus from the grave and Jesus said, you will do what I did and more. And so I got a hold of that and I'm like, this, he is speaking to me. This wasn't just a message for the disciples. The, and so that just really sent me in this just real study of the Holy Spirit for several years, even now, just this power, this amazing power that I have, this helper, this third part of God. It's not just God and mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And and that is really, if, if, if women and moms and, and just, you know, all of us can just grasp in this season, this incredible power that is available to us. It's already been given to us. We don't have to ask for it. We have it as believers and, and begin to step into that power. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength because we have the spirit. And so it's, it's just so important. And you're right, the Israelites didn't have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So there is the difference. We are similar, but we have it available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I want to bring you in here because whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, part-time, whatever you are, those worries, thoughts, anxieties over that's your right. children mm -hmm. are on your shoulders all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to hear from you because you have to balance a lot. Um, and so practically, because I think one of my favorite analogies, and I know we don't, nobody can see this, but is... Um, Matthew six thirty three. Seek first my, the kingdom of God, and all his, you know His righteousness, and all that will be added unto you. And I have this walnut, this jar, this mason jar with rice and walnuts in it. And you know the walnuts represent, you know God, your family, your, you know all the the most important things. The like, and then the rice is all the yep. extras, right? Like working out, eating well, whatever, all these other things, you know. But so often, I think, just in general, Americans we tend to focus on the rice, you know, mm -hmm. the the extracurricular, the, all the extra things yep. that, that are great. Mm -hmm. um, they're not bad by themselves, but when they become priority or importance, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, so, so anyway, yeah. so if you take this jar and you put the rice in first, the walnuts won't fit in. You can't right. close the lid. But if you put the walnuts in and then you pour the rice in, um, it all fits in the jar. Mm -hmm. And it's just this principle of, and I try to keep it out so I can see it all the time because priorities get out of whack. And for me, this uh, this pandemic, this isol you know, quarantine has been good because it's made you realize the walnuts and the important things that that we say come first, right. but don't always literally come mm -hmm. first in our daily activities. Because yeah. like you said, we all have 24 hours in a day, right. but we tend to, you know, let the urgent things come in and, and take over instead of sitting down and reading the word, mm -hmm. talking to your spouse, looking them in the eyes, talking to your kids, mm -hmm. you know, those, so anyway. How have you seen 
I think working part working requiring you to truly put the the most important first yeah so that you can have time yeah so you had mentioned just the the practical things I mean I, I worry about screen time mm-hmm. and my son playing video games that's also ways connecting with friends and him not wanting to um, go play basketball or go do something because, and I see that and I'm concerned about my daughter and her math and is she gonna have to repeat the grade? And then I've got one that's very social and one that's not as much. And so how does that look? So yes, I'm, you know, we're talking about all these spiritual things, but yes, I have those things and I do think about them and I'm concerned about them. And um, so, you know, for in terms of like the rice and the walnuts, this year, I've got my own jar here with me. So I had it on my heart, just through Operation Christmas Child, we went through some hard things, some just external attack that we just got in this real place of prayer. Literally last year, meeting almost every morning with a small group of people praying over just some of the negativity, just praying against it. And the Lord just took care of us. And it, we just praised Him and just so thankful. And so starting a new year, 2020, and the verse was delight in the Lord, take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And I was just encouraging my team. I was like, guys, we pray all the time, but we have got to praise as much as we pray. And so I started this praise jar. And so um, we have a weekly meeting every Monday and we start by praising and we write down on a slip of paper what the praise is. You know, every, I mean, it's just little things, it's big things. Um, you know, I'm just looking here at some of them from a successful campaign to here's one, the family photo shoot went really well. Mm-hmm. And so started doing this at home with my children and um, and, and doing the, the praise jar with them Sunday night, every night, we would write down just all the good things that happened in the week, you know? And so um, I wanted to, we kind of didn't do it as much in the beginning of the pandemic because we're all just... I'm like, guys, we got to keep doing this because there's good things happening through this. And so that was just a really important kind of illustration for us as a family to focus on the good, the good things that are happening. And so we all know the verse, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything with thanksgiving, um, take your request to God and he will give you the peace. Well, I've read that before. I'm like, great. That's easier said than done. I'm yes, God, I'm grateful, but I don't have this peace <laughs> that's transcending all understanding. But then the next verse goes on to say, think about whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. And so it's just it's what do we fill our thoughts with? Are we delighting in the Lord? And delighting in the Lord, I'm like, okay, Lord, what all does this mean? You will give me the desires of my heart. Well, when we delight in the Lord, it's not just worship right? There's so many ways to delight. It's just watching my kids be happy and play or to go out on the, you know, and look at a beautiful mountain view. And I started thinking through all the different ways I delight in Him. And and, and then it just starts lining up with His Word and His Word is His will. And then the desires of your heart, you will have them because your heart starts lining up. It starts lining up with His, his will. And you know, we are created to bring the Father glory and to praise Him and to delight in Him because He is good. And so that's been something that I've just really wanted to keep consistent with my children is to think about the good. Doesn't mean we don't have breakdowns, we don't have moments, we don't have to talk through those things, um, you know, And but we try to bring it back around to the good in the situation or even... 
Um, my daughter has this little girl that she struggles with and we love her. Um, but I'm just like, Melia, it's so good that she's in your life and because you're learning how to love these difficult personalities. And so we spend time naming all the things we love about her and how it's so sweet to change her heart. And so that is something practical that we're doing in this season, kind of an illustration to just, like I said, there's a week, there may be a week we don't do it. You know, we're not in the mood. We don't get it right. There's grace for that, but it is helping them um, to just have the right perspective. Guys, this is what we have to do right now. This is, we gotta follow the rules. We need to respect others and where they are, but we're not gonna have a spirit of fear. We're all hearing the verse, 2 Timothy 1, 7, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. And I've been praying that at night with my children for about two years now. Mm-hmm. We, we declare that verse every night. And so now the verse has kind of taken on new meaning for them in this season. God's not giving you this, you know? He knows, I, the Lord's going, we're going to go home one day and He knows how that's going to happen. And, um, but you have this power and you have this love, which will help you have the sound mind. And so, um, just really talking about just the spiritual things too, the spiritual warfare and what's of God and what's not, and helping them see that. Because we don't always do that, right? We don't always recognize what's of the enemy with our children Mm -hmm. and helping them see that and learn that. Um, So when you're talking about delighting and praising, Mm -hmm. then that stuff really stands out, the dark Mm -hmm. things, the things that aren't of God, and they start pointing it out on their own. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but like as a mom, I'll be telling my kids and I'm preaching to myself. You know, I'll be teaching them this stuff, but I'm I'm preaching to myself and I'll tell my kids that. I'm, this is for me. Yeah, this jar, I might have to go do that because we've been trying to do that too is I tell them you can glance at your circumstances and what's hard and, you know, we try to acknowledge that, but you gaze. But, you know, owning your own Mm -hmm. fears and, you know, you're Mm -hmm. you're telling your kids, I'm talking to myself too, but then just acknowledging, (laughs) yeah, I'm really worried about this. Mm -hmm. And this is a thing that I'm struggling with, even with your children. And then they say, okay. Mm-hmm. Mom is real too, and she's not always got it all together. And so there can be really sweet conversations. Mm-hmm. And then your kids start encouraging you. Mm-hmm. If you can get vulnerable about mm-hmm. some of the things that you are dealing with. I remember talking to my son about his video games. Son, mm-hmm. this is, I'm worried about it. And this is why. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that when I would say, hey, can you get off? He would do it as soon as I asked because mm-hmm. he heard my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, yeah, so that vulnerability is really mm-hmm. important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that passage in Philippians, but I think we all focus on the first part, you know, do not be anxious. But we- I'm so anxious. We miss the part, <laughs> you know, we want we want that yeah. fix. But the fix for it is that for those further verses, to That's praise, right. to focus on, to think about yes. what is admirable, what is, you know, we have to actually take our attention somewhere else. We can't mm-hmm. just stay there. So I think that's, I'm, I'm kind of there with my kids too. It's, it's recognizing, you know, acknowledging what's hard and what's, what they've lost and, you know, all the, all the hard things, but not staying there. And that's why I told them we got to take it one step farther. And this is actually going to produce so much in you. And so I just thank you. You are just bathed in scripture and prayer. You are a prayer warrior. And so that's why I wanted to bring you on here um, just for reminders for all of us. Cause you know, I think everybody's in varied states and you might be in a varied state 
day to day, right? You might be victorious and feeling good, but then tomorrow you're down. So for people that are listening, you know, wherever you are, I pray that this is encouraging and edifying and just a reminder. And so I just want to get practical. And I love that jar. I wish people could see it. But I think it's that reminder. I love Corey Ten Boone's uh, quote that says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God, because you're right. Um, it, It has always been unknown. I think we got in this habit of thinking we knew what was next yeah. all the time and wanting to plan ahead, and that's been rocked. But it's a good thing, especially yeah. for believers, because we have a known God, yeah. and this isn't our home. Right. You know, I think if anything, this is reminding me: we are sojourners, we are aliens in this world. Right. We are not to be comfortable. We are to have broken up ground. I love what you said earlier. Um, so to almost embrace that mm-hmm. and say, "God, this is so good," and it's bringing good things mm-hmm. um, that wouldn't have come had we not have been through this. We've also got to have the grace, and mm. we we will fail, we will waller, mm-hmm. we will complain. Um, and but He does give us a new day, yeah. and He's not beating you up. Mm-hmm. Just say, "Hey, God, I messed up. Let's start this thing again," and He will do it a million times over. And so I think a lot of moms beat themselves up mm-hmm. for not getting it right all the time, and we've His grace covers all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's my prayer for people listening: is that you can just have such an awareness. Mm-hmm. Yes, you may have said something that you shouldn't have said, but if you can have the awareness Mm -hmm. through the Holy Spirit immediately, and then know that even every minute, every hour, you're getting a fresh start. He is not beating you up. And so moms, and there's, we're all in an unknown season together. Mm-hmm. We're all figuring this out together. And so we've got to receive the grace and not sit in that place of condemnation because that's not of Him. The enemy wants us to sit there and believe His lies, mm-hmm. but we've got to come up. And and so, yes, I will do it again. You will do it again. We will have our moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not saying here to encourage you today that you won't. When you spend time with the Lord, you will. But His grace, it is so sufficient, and it covers it all. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It is new every morning. That's right. <laughs> well, I just, I'm, I'm going to ask you, I know we've covered a lot of Scripture and a lot of grounds, um, but I want to read something that has been, and you've, you've mentioned it before, the power that we have in Christ. Um, yeah. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 18, you know, talks about that we're jars of clay. You know, we are, it says, this treasure in jars of clay to show an all-surpassing power from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. Um, and so I just love, and, and you said so many things that reminded me of the scripture um, today, that this breaking up of the ground, these hard times, you know, we can be persecuted, but not abandoned. And I think that's what I've been living in. It's the the both and, not either or, you know, you're not anxious or joyful. You're, you're both, whereas we're human. You know, it's that breaking of ourselves um, and reminding ourselves of the death of Jesus, you know, that we carry and that power that we have that's revealed in our body. So I just love, and I just want to close with 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them are. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Now, I think everything you've said today points to this. It is this reminder um, that we are not in control. Our bodies are wasting away. The only thing that is eternal 
you know, is are things that we can be, um, by growing closer to the Lord, that is the only thing that is gonna continue on, right? So all these things that you're doing and these praising the Lord and focusing on Him, they can't be taken from us. Everything else can. And so you're right. And I think I keep saying, do the next right thing. Like, so I keep telling kids, do what you can today. You know, we don't know what we can do tomorrow, but I kind of like it. We've been living day to day. And today, this is what works. And <clears throat> I've pulled my kids out of school and we're homeschooling, which is um, scary, um, but we're just doing the next right thing. You know, right. today, this is what we're doing. We're looking to God for guidance and wisdom. And, and, and that's what worked for us. And I also, I love bringing you on here because God has given each of us different children, you know, and different roles mm -hmm. and some work full-time, part-time, whatever. But I think we all, like you said, we haven't been through this together or we haven't been through this at all. We're all, come, we're all learning, but it's gonna look different in each home too. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so to not that grace, 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 and to look to God, not to other people. I mean, I think it's great to have friends. This is great and edifying to hear from other moms. But at the end of the day, you've got to ask God, and that's why I read it earlier. I said it earlier, but I love Jehoshaphat's prayer. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. First look needs to be to God, you know? And like, what do you want me to do with these children? Because mm -hmm. you know them and love them yeah. more than I do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just an ambassador. I'm not in charge. Um, and so I think we need to all come back to, God, what do you want me to do? Right. Not what do they want me to do? What do they expect me to do? What does this teacher expect me to do? Mm -hmm. What do you want me to do? Um, so, and I think you've been helping us to see that through scripture. So thank you. God is moving and God is working, but it's a choice. You know, are we gonna truly choose what's better? Mm -hmm. Like Mary and Martha, you know, choose to sit at his feet, choose to hear him out rather than getting caught up and worried about things that don't matter. Mm -hmm. So we've covered a lot of ground and I know you've covered a lot of scripture, but is there anything else that, the, that God has taught you um, that you're clinging to right now? Yes, um, two weeks ago, I read Philippians 3.14, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so being a part of this ministry, we have a bold leader that presses on. It doesn't matter, we are gonna move forward. And I'm just so grateful for that. And we had a campaign for the greatest journey or discipleship program that we did a couple of weeks ago. And there was the question, like we haven't emailed our donors, they haven't really heard from OCC since March. Now they've heard from our field staff and volunteers. And this is their first email is gonna be an ask. And I don't know if we should do this. And I had doubt, but I had a girl on my team, Jordan, who was just like, we've got to do this. And so um, we worked with communications to get the messaging, felt great about it. And then we asked our donors to give to our discipleship program. I mean, there's millions of people unemployed. And, um, and sure enough, we brought in over a million dollars in just a couple of days from just a few emails and social media posts and to disciple almost 150,000 children. Mm -hmm. And just what that spoke to me is you've got to press on. You've got to keep walking in what God's called you to do. And it's what the disciples, they had opposition everywhere. And it's almost like this is a warm up to see what we're made of as the body of Christ. And so that just really ministered to me. And I read this verse 
And I'm like, we've got to press on, forget what's behind us and look ahead at what's what's to come and that He will take care of the things around us. And so that's just been, um, and so I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm excited for another Operation Christmas Child season. I'm ex- thankful for this leadership to keep pressing on. It will look different, absolutely, but that's what Jesus called us to do is to press on. And so, yeah, we've, we've got to do that in every everything. Press on as a parent, press on as a wife, press on as a husband, press on in what God's called you to do and then let Him take care of it. Thank you for sharing your heart. Sure. I just kind of wanted to take a pause and just say, get a pulse. Yeah, what is God teaching you as a mom? Um, because I think it can encourage and challenge others mm. in this journey. Um, So as we close, um, you mentioned a little bit work-wise how we can be praying for Operation Christmas Child. And we just had Randy Riddle on and we were Mm -hmm. talking about what the season's gonna look like. Um, How can we be praying for your staff? So of course, the families that are, you know, trying to figure this out and, and do their jobs. I mean, that's that's a pretty common prayer need for so many right now. Um, and the blood covering that we just don't get sick. And, um, but also just, um, I do wanna ask for prayer for just an awareness of the things that aren't of God and, and you know, for us to take authority over those things and technology launches, that's a big deal. Favor with the media, um, despite an election year. Um, there's just many things. Um, but yes, and just protection of our social media, our media space against negativity um, and offense. So that's always a big one because people can get easily offended without knowing what's really going on. And so those are a few things. Yes, favor with the media, uh, prayer for technology, health and wisdom for families, and then protection against attack. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and then would you mind closing us in prayer, specifically as a mom, you know, for the moms, as we start school, you know, school officially starts for the public on Monday. Mm-hmm. So just for the school year, can you just pray for our kids Yes. in this uncertain time and the moms and dads that are That's shouldering right. this responsibility? Absolutely. So Father, I just thank you, Father, for this time to be able to gather two or more in your name. And Father, Mm -hmm. to be able to just rise above the COVID cloud and think about the good in this season, Father. And Lord, I just pray that for these families, Father, that just right now, Father, you will impress something fresh on their hearts, Father, um, to just help them adjust their thinking, even our kids, Father, to know that you have not left them, you are here with them, that they are so loved. Mm -hmm. And Father, I I just pray for our children, Father, that you will give them the social engagements that they need, Father, that um, they will have the confidence that they need, Father, heading into the school year, Father, that even our children will know what's a big deal and what's not. Mm And um, Father, for your spirit to just rule in our homes, Father, for us to to set the example, Father, as we walk in and and Father, for grace to abound, uh, for, for us to receive your grace, but also to show your grace, Father, as we're all navigating this together. And so, Father, I do pray, Father, that our children, Father, uh, your word says, if we train them in the way they should go, they would not depart. And Father, that we won't miss the opportunity in this season, Father, 
to just speak your word over them and to teach them how to trust you in this season. And so Father, just encourage our hearts. May your spirit just show us what to say and show us what to read and show us where to point them. And Father, that for these families that you will make a way, Father, for work to happen and for childcare and for learning time, Father, that you will just make a way. Father, help us to know what's a big deal and what's not. I keep coming back to that. Mm-hmm. But um, Father, just to, to let things go um, that we shouldn't be worrying about. And mm-hmm. so Lord, just pray blessings over all these families that are listening. And and Lord, um, we just want you to get the honor, the glory, and the praise. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we have an audience of one and it's mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing your time and your wisdom and what you've learned over this season. And and as you were praying, I thought of um, Ruth Graham. You know, she always said in parenting, separate the possible from the impossible. Mm. You know, the possible are the things we can do, you know, love them, provide nourishing meals, you know, take care of, yeah, get their school supplies and their things, like the little possible things, but trust God with the impossible because right. there's actually Amen. way more impossible that we can't control. You know, we can't control their their emotions, their feelings, their heart, their conviction of sin, whether they accept Christ. You know, there's so many things out of our control and we've got to trust them to God who loves them more than we do. And so just a good reminder as we close and a wonderful prayer for moms and dads listening to just do the possible. That's right. And then, and then actually I've, I've learned to just accept and say, thank you, Lord, that that's not in my control and that I'm not over all those things because it's overwhelming. So moms and dads, just be encouraged to do the possible today. And today, take it day by day, one day at a time and give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you were encouraged and refreshed. I know I was, and I was just reminded, um, of the example that we can be to those around us and the way that we handle this as Christians, uh, but also to our kids. You know, that that verse, um, you know, love God and love your neighbor. Um, our kids are our closest neighbors. And so love them well, lead them well. But the only way to do that, as we've said in this whole conversation, is through the power of Jesus Christ. And so I'm thankful to do this, uh, walk this journey with you all. Thank you for serving and um, being obedient each and every day. I pray that you're blessed and encouraged and have a great week.